everybody. Welcome to the show. I've got a great show for you guys today. We have one guest uh, going to be on the show with us today. Her name is Kat Alter. She is an actress who's been seen in Modern Family, and she's in a brand new full-length movie called Addicted to You. We're going to be talking to her about that. And we have a slew of brand new independent artists that are going to be coming on, playing their songs for you. And so we're going to have a music section. It's going to be a lot of fun, lots to go. So let's get it started. You're about to enter a world of creativity and mingle with people that follow their dreams to color your world and brighten your day. From top celebrities to rising stars of tomorrow on the AME Radio Show, the show that is the voice of artists and entertainers everywhere. Now, here is your host, Jason Dowd. Man, it is so good to see all of you. I'm so glad you were able to join us and talk about art, music, and entertainment. Some of the things that I love the most, and honestly, it's one of the most relaxing parts of my week, is sitting here talking to you about the things that I love the most. It gets me creative, it gets me thinking, and it inspires me, and I hope it does the same for you as well. Now, I hate to start off the show on a little bit of bad news, but unfortunately, uh, situations in my life have come up, and I have no uh, control over this. I will have to put the show on a small hiatus. Uh, we got about three or four shows left before I have to go on this hiatus. This is one of them. So I'm going to make the best of it while we can. Now, you know, it's really it really kind of bugs me because I have been here every single week, never missing a week since 2014. And unfortunately, now I have to. And so my 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 record is broken. It, it hurts, but you know what? Unfortunately, life just gets in the way sometimes. So what I will be doing is you'll be hearing some reruns on the radio for the next couple of weeks. Um, maybe a month, maybe two months. I'm not sure. But as soon as I get the opportunity to come back, I will be here bringing you some amazing artists, entertainers, and creative people. And we're going to be talking art, music, and entertainment again real soon. I promise you that. So let's sit here and enjoy the time that we have together. Make the best of it, and uh, we will be. We will see what the future lies. Okay, so before we get into anything, please check out our website www.theamemagazine.com, and there you'll see everything that is the AME experience from our radio, television, and magazine. You can sign up to uh, our newsletter. You can also download our apps for the Apple or Android platform, and so much more. So be a part of the conversation. And this is the one spot you'll be able to see what we have coming up. Even though we're going to be on hiatus, I'm going to try to keep this updated as much as possible uh, to keep you in the know of what's going on. And now that also means that should something major come up and we have to get it out there, I will come back and do a show. So there may be some uh, random shows done in between this time. So that's another reason why I keep coming back and checking it out. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to get started with our music. I want to kick this show off with a lot of fun music. What do you say? Uh, I think I hear the intro. Let's see if I'm right. Wasting your time with this garbage. Now go to bed. Okay. Eat this. Yep, I was right. We are ready to kick off the music. We got the uh, thing started off. And you know, it has been such a long time since I've had a lengthy, fun music segment. Now today we have four brand new songs that are coming out and by different artists. And I think you guys are going to really enjoy them. I listened to them before the show here. It's definitely going to be something you're going to enjoy. So... What we're going to do is we're going to get it started by introducing you to the artist, and we're going to tell you the song, where you can find them, and more. So our first song today is coming from an artist named Garth Adam. You can find his music at www.facebook.com forward slash Garth Adam, G-A-R-T-H-A-A-D-A-M. You can also find his Twitter at, same thing, basically twitter.com forward slash gaa T-H-A-D-A-M. So it's a little little different, but pretty close. So the first song that we're going to be playing by him is Seawall. It's playing right now. We'll be right back with the next one after this.
something lost that can't be found You have no faith in anyone And if it hurts for you to stay There'll always be the seawall that rush cutters bay What did you think of Seawall? I enjoyed it. I hope you guys did too. Our next artist that's coming up is Tammy T. And you can find the music at KeithHinesProduction.com, www.K-E-I-T-H-H-I-N-E-S-Production.com. And we're going to be playing two songs back to back. Oh, also, let me talk about the Twitter. It's twitter.com forward slash Keith Hines, K E I T H H I N E S. The first song we're going to be playing is Ain't Life a Bitch. Second song that we're going to be playing right after that is called Dance with a Stranger. So let's go listen to Tammy T, have some fun. And after those two songs, we'll be back to talk to about our last song So in this segment. So have some fun. We'll be right back in a second. Some songs that I'm trying to sell But a record companies are giving me hell Early this morning trying to find the switch I stumbled, I broke my tooth Oh, and I'm a bitch Try 
So what did you think of Tammy T? You know what? These songs have been an absolute slam dunk. These last three songs are great. This next one's going to be just as great. And this is why I encourage everybody to go check out their independent music scene because these are very, very talented individuals that need your support. And uh, it's fun. They appreciate it. And um, they'll keep you entertained. So our last song here is coming to us from um, their, uh, the Australian sing- songwriters, Glenn Naylor and Chris Wilson. And you can hear their music by going to their website, www.bonzabobbydazzler.com. Let me, let me say that for you. It's d- uh, B-O-N-Z-A-B-O-B-B-Y-D-A-Z-Z-L-E-R.com. That's where you'll be able to find their website. And uh, you're going to be able to hear their, all their music there. We're going to be playing right now our gun-free home. And after the song, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be back right after that. So enjoy the song. Enjoy the break. We'll be right back after this. We're Australian koalas. Our home is a tree. Up above our gum tree, stars veil a canopy. I whisper away our moonbeams on display. As we gaze through As our million dollar view We're happy in our gum tree So happy in our gum tree Happy in our gum tree home We're really cute and cuddly Snuggly and soft Our babies on our backs Clinging on so tight we scramble up our tree, high as high can be, looking for a chance to find a comfy branch. We're happy in our gum tree, so happy in our gum tree, happy in our gum tree home. Sleeping all the day, we laze the time away. Munching leaves of eucalypt all through the night Beneath our southern cross, twinkling so bright Here above the ground, at the best address around We're happy in our gum tree, so happy in our gum tree Happy in our gum tree Gladdy, the dachshund, the face of Gladdy's goodies. Are you worried about your pet's health? My parents were too, especially since I developed pancreatitis. They couldn't find any treats I could eat, so they made some. Our natural treats are healthy for all dogs, with and without health issues. We have lots of delicious flavors like chicken, turkey, salmon, sweet potato, beef, and more. With our homemade treats, you won't worry about the contents because they have no chemicals, fillers, or bad ingredients. Go to gladdiesgoodies.com now to get your fur friend a bag and pick them up some swag while you're there. You'll be glad you did. Remember, we have the treats and swag to make their tails wag. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Again, that's gladdiesgoodies.com. Nothing can separate us. Nothing can come between us now. Nothing can take away, break away the power of love. Hey, this is Jennifer McGill, and you're listening to my first single, Unbreakable. You can get it at jennifermcgill.com. Hi, I'm Serena Vincent, and you're listening to the A&E Radio Show.
everybody. We are back, and I have a great guest on the line for you today. Her name is Kat Alter. She is part of Modern Family. You've probably, probably seen it on television. But she's also in a brand new rom-com called Addicted to You. It came out on Valentine's Day, obviously, because it's a romantic comedy. And uh, she's here to talk about that. We're going to learn a little bit about her and so much more. Welcome to the show, Kat. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm fantastic, and I'm glad you were able to join us today. Oh, thank you for having me. Well, um, you know, one of the things I like to do to start off with our with our interview is getting to know you a little bit. You know, not everybody out there, they see what you do, but sometimes they don't know the story behind it, how you got into it. And, you know, sometimes that's fascinating, and sometimes your story can inspire others to follow their dreams, whatever that may be, too. So tell me a little bit about yourself. How did you get into uh, wanting to be an actress? Well, the funny thing is that I basically came out of the womb wanting to act. I mean, as soon as I was talking, I was dancing and singing and putting on plays. I was obsessed with everything on Nick at night. So like most comedians, especially female ones, they'll say that they were obsessed with the Carol Burnett show and I Love Lucy, and uh, I definitely was. So I would always take you know, sketches from the Carol Burnett show and um, <laughs> perform them myself in my room and also, you know, great scenes from I Love Lucy, too. Also, was always like a big classic SNL fan. Mm-hmm. My uncle had all of the old DVDs, like the best of Chris Farley and stuff like that. So as a little kid, I was, you know, performing, um, you know, down to the river as Chris Farley. So <laughs> I, I always was into it. And um, even when I was five, I was asking my parents for an agent for Christmas. So I was just a kind of a weird kid. <laughs> Not too weird, because you know what? You are the first person I've ever I've ever heard that says that she loved Nick at Night. I loved Nick at Night. You know, when I came home from school, you know, 5 o'clock was when uh, Dennis the Menace and, and, and uh, Lassie would come on. And then it was like all the good old stuff from then until like the next morning. And I would sit there and watch it all night long. It drove my mom nuts. So I'm glad that I finally found somebody that, that actually knows what that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I loved it. Loved it. I was never that kid who was into, you know, like the current Disney shows or the current Nickelodeon shows. Mm-hmm. So I was like, give me those oldies. I know what you're talking about. I have the same passion and love for those old that old stuff and and even today i love like watching the old uh mickey mouse stuff and and i was i grew up on on uh, disney disney channel too so you know I, I i really appreciate those old shows yeah yeah and i was always um i got very into musical theater at a young age too okay my um i think i was the only kid that could sit through a very long rogers and hammerstein musical and not throw a fit I would actually love it. So uh, both of my grandmothers and my mom would take me all the time. So I was just a theater buddy. Um, so I grew up doing musical theater, was always really interested in comedy. And um, my parents did not give me an agent. They didn't want me to, they would say they didn't want me to end up like Drew Barrymore as a little girl. So she's great now, but, you know, she had a little rough patch there in the middle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they wanted me to, you know, go to normal high school, go to college, and then afterwards I could do whatever I wanted. So um, I took acting classes all through um, my teens, and I took voice lessons and dance class and then I went to Northwestern for theater and musical theater. Mm. And while I was there, I, um, like the geek I am, instead of having fun on Saturday nights, I actually took classes at Second City in downtown Chicago. So I was just really into getting as much studying in theater as possible. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. And if you were having fun with it, then that's that's great. You know, a lot of a lot of the kids when they're in, when they're in college, they go out and they. They take those Friday nights and they make really bad choices and end up doing some really bad things that destroys their lives. So at least you, you use something positive for it. Well, I'm not saying that I didn't have any fun. <laughs> but, you know, uh, junior year of, wait, sophomore year of high school, I went to Brown for summer to study theater. 
And then junior year of high school, I went to NYU to do their musical theater program. And, um, and then in college, I did stayed at school two summers to do their summer musicals. And then one summer, I went to Paris to study film acting. So every summer, instead of, you know, like having a break, I know some kids do internships, but mm-hmm. that's not really a big thing with the theater folk. Um, I would keep studying or, you know, working on musicals. So, you know, that was what was fun to me. So. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, seeing how much you loved the theater and acting and singing and stuff like that, were you a, were you a handful for your teachers in school? (laughs) You know, my teachers loved me. I mean, I was definitely a class clown, but... I always had really great grades, and I was big suck-up. Um, actually, the dean of my high school and I got along so well that um, if I got a at my school, which is a Catholic school, mm-hmm. you would get a jug, which is a justice under God, instead of a detention. Mm-hmm. And whenever I got a jug, I could usually get out of it because I was good friends with the dean. Nice. Back to my little brother, when he went to the same high school a couple years after me, he got a jug, and when he showed up to detention, he let everyone go, and he said, you guys can thank Bobby Alter, because I really, my brother was like, what is that about? Suck up. You don't have to go to detention. You don't need to be in dress code. You know, work the system. No, so I wasn't that much of a handful, but uh, if anything, I... I wasn't doing anything bad, let's just say. Right, right. Now, what was one of the things that were probably the hardest thing for you to to do to get into acting um, in getting your first gigs or something like that? Was there a challenge that you had to overcome or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, I would say, I mean, I've been, as I said, acting for a long time. And when I was a kid and when I was in high school, I would often not get cast. You know, mm-hmm. one of my friends would get cast or someone else, and I wouldn't. And, you know, there's something about being so passionate at a young age and not understanding, like, why you didn't get cast in something. And when I look back at it, I think that is what propelled me to work even harder. So... My friends did get the leads in musicals, you know. They're like, oh, I got the lead, now I'm going to move on and, you know, play tennis or do something else. Where I was so determined to make it the next year that I was going to work even harder so I could be in the show next year. Um, so I had such strong determination because of the rejection I got. And acting is such a rejection-based business. It is. You, it's basically you're going on job interviews every day and they don't call you back to tell you you don't get the job. You just don't get the job. So if you don't have a good attitude about it and you don't, um, if you let it get to you, you're just going to quit doing it very quickly because I get rejected all the time still. And you have to just let that not bother you because really a lot of the times, and I do some casting as well, it has nothing really to do with an individual person. Mm-hmm. There's so many talented people, and it's about looking, like, who just gives the right vibe for this character? You know, and a lot of times in casting, you don't even know until you see that person in front of you. You're like, that is that person. So you just can't get that upset or jealous of anyone else's success because it has, you know, nothing really to do with you once you're at a certain talent level. Mm-hmm. That's what they're looking for specifically. You know, that's very true, and I've heard that before, too. And, and as an artist, you know, I, I remember doing the same thing. I mean, I didn't do acting, but, you know, I did have a lot of rejection, and you hear, you hear a lot of, uh, but you also get a lot of yeses, too. But sometimes you, can, you just got to realize you cannot take that personally because it's not necessarily you that they don't like. It's you just don't fit the part. Or you just don't fit right. what they're looking for in, in whatever whatever they're doing. And that's okay. Because you know what? You just keep on finding it. You use that to, to keep going and, and drive yourself. And, and eventually, other things work out. Definitely. Yeah. I um, 
I thought I wanted to do musical theater in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, before senior year, I came to L.A. And being from Chicago, I being in L.A. for three days, I was like, wait, the weather is like this all the time? I'm going to come here instead. And um, pretty much right away, I got into auditioning by just submitting myself. Mm-hmm. I still submit myself all the time, and um, I've gotten a lot of roles from it. In fact, you know, I got Modern Family just on my own, not really? with my agent or manager. Yeah, I um, I met the creator of Modern Family out one night through a mutual friend and um you know my friend told me you know that's the guy who uh who created modern family so i kind of just uh i took up my sleeves i was like okay <laughs> i'm going to be the funniest person he met tonight and i'm just going to focus on you know being my funny you know happy self and you know we got to talking eventually he found out I went to Northwestern, which is also where his daughter currently went, mm. who was also studying acting. And, you know, I had auditioned for Modern Family a few times before, and I'd gotten a couple callbacks. And, you know, eventually in the conversation, he was like, oh, yeah, I work for Modern Family. Kind of brought it up, and he's like, I'd love for you guys, you to come back and audition for us someday. And that week, I got a... Um, I got a call to come in, and then I got that role. So, wow. you know, so much of it is, you know, putting yourself out there and either submitting yourself or making friends. You know, Addicted to You, which we're going to talk about later, is a movie that I shot with my friends. So um, it's, a, it's kind of a weird business, but, you know, that's how a lot of things come along. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now, I have one last question before we get into the movie, because I really want to get into that here. But I have a, you, you've piqued my curiosity now. Um, I know you say that you love, you, you love all the type of acting, but sometimes you have a preference over one or the other. Like, if one comes up, you'd probably just go, okay, I want to do that one instead, just because it's what you love. So is there a preference between doing movies, television, or mu- musical theater? Is there one that you love more than the other, or do you love them really all the same? Um, I would say, coming out of school, I was interested really in doing everything, Mm -hmm. drama and comedy and all of the things. And um, as I've been here, I've actually sort of stopped doing any drama, not because I hate drama or anything like that, but, um, well, first, I hadn't been cast in really too many dramatic roles. I... um, was in one horror film when I first moved out here. And it's just not as fun to film Mm. as it is being in a comedy. It just, it's not as fun for me emotionally to be around rather than making everyone laugh. And I feel that in those auditions where I could make people laugh is where I really shone Mm -hmm. versus, you know, having to cry on cue. Um, But when it comes to TV or film or musical theater, I would say my passion is definitely television. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my dream, I've written my own pilot that I've been trying to sell and that I would star in. That's kind of, you know, I want to Tina Fey it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to write and star and produce in my own show, and that's kind of the goal here. Um, but I love doing movies, but something about TV is what, you know, I've always watched. I prefer watching TV over film. I like being able to see a character's journey over, you know, six years, eight years. Um, So I would definitely say that's where my preference lies. Very cool. So let's get into the movie Addicted to You. It's a rom-com. Now, are you one of those romantic you know, those romantic, hopeless romantics that just love love romance and love love, or is it just kind of something that you just found yourself in and, and enjoyed doing? Well, I was always, uh, I was a serial monogamist, definitely, for mm-hmm. a long time. And then there was a recent stretch 
after a serious boyfriend that I was single for about three years. I mean, I might have a two-month relationship here or there, but nothing really that serious. Um, but now I'm engaged, and I'm getting married in September. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So um, doing this and planning for a wedding, that must have been a little bit stressful. Well, the movie was already finished by the time um, we got engaged. Oh, that's good. But the uh, funny part is Jake and I were already dating by that point, and he actually, he's not in the business whatsoever, but he loves the arts and he's really supportive. And a lot of times if we, you know, this is an indie, we were pointing ourselves up with our bootstraps in terms of, you know, getting money and all these things. So we had a, we have a party scene in a bar and we needed extras and Jake is always willing to come and be an extra. So I'm sure if someone looks hard enough, they might be able to find him (laughs) in there. I love that. I love when you, when you can do that kind of stuff. Now, tell me a little bit, a little bit about the plot to Modern Family. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm looking at the other stuff. To Addicted okay. to You without obviously giving away too, too much because we want them to be able to check it out. And, and But we want to give them a taste. We want to get them to go out there and check it out. So how can, uh, yeah. how can you well, describe it? You know, I wouldn't personally say that it's just a straight-up romantic comedy. It's not, you know, a very girly 27 dresses sort of movie. It's, um, if anything, I would say it's closer to um, Wedding Crashers or 40-Year-Old Virgin in terms of tone. So there's a lot of like really big characters, including my character. And, you know, it can be raunchy at times, but then there's, you know, love sprinkled in. So I would say it's a movie that's great for both guys and girls to watch. Um, Not saying that all guys don't love 27 dresses, um, but, you know, I think most of the guys are more wedding crasher fans. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) in this movie, Luke is working at sort of a, well, it's, it's basically a BuzzFeed sort of place, and a new co-worker is introduced to him, and that's me, Amy. And um, she's cute. I'm, I'm pretty cute. And <laughs> they decide to meet up for drinks later that night. And at the bar, they have a great time. They're drinking a lot. And they go home together. And the next morning, she all of a sudden turns. And she's completely clingy. Now, Luke is kind of a playboy type. And he cannot deal with his clinginess. So he's talking to his two best friends. And they come up with this idea to say that he, that Luke is actually a sex addict. And yesterday he actually, that was a mistake. And he's like not allowed to have sex so they can't date. And their boss overhears this, who is actually a sex addict, and invites him to go to his essay meeting. <laughs> yeah. And while at these essay meetings, he meets this girl, Kara, and Kara works for a magazine, and she's doing an article about sex addiction. And so she goes to the meeting just to kind of sit in the background and see what it's all about, and they meet, and she actually, throughout the movie, falls for her. And, um, yeah, so that's kind of the basis of the movie without giving too much away. But um, you'll see that throughout the movie, um, my character Amy is kind of following him around, kind of stalking him, trying to get him back. And you'll see how that is an issue when he's lied to me and is actually into this girl, Kara. Mm. So, yeah, it's a very fun movie. Well, it sounds like it. I mean, you got you got the uh, you got the, the hopeless romantic stalker. You've got the, the dude scheme to try to get out of it, which never works. Then he's got this awkward classes he's got to go to about sex addiction. I mean, that's just that. that I, I'm laughing just think about it. <laughs> yeah, it's I've seen, really great. I've seen stuff like this happen out, play out in real life, and it's never good. <laughs> but it, it is good for a laugh. And Warren, who plays um, our boss, mm-hmm. is 
so fun. He's so unbelievably funny. And, um, you know, I don't know how much, well, I'll just tell you. Um, all of the cast, most of the cast has been improvising together mm-hmm. for years. We all met at Second City in Hollywood. And Mike, the writer-director, was a writer for our show at Second City. And Garrett and Shoni, who um, are Luke's best friends, they were also in the show together. So the three of us have been improvising and doing sketch and comedy together for years before Mike wanted to create something with us. We had done a sketch show together before called Five Minute Sketch Show. And um, he decided he wanted to write a movie. And it just it just eventually got legs and they found some money and they found other cast members. And a lot of the other cast members happened to be big improvisers as well. So it was so much fun on set because we were really allowed to have some freedom with the script. And a lot of the most laugh-out-loud, most ridiculous moments in the film are completely improvised. And that's what's so exciting about having comedic actors who are good at, like, thinking on their feet, is that they can bring, they can see something in the script and find their own jokes that will work. And they just, they hit so well, and so many of them ended up in the movie. Um... So when you watch it, because I know you will, um, those really just like hurts your stomach laughing moments, a lot of those are improvised. Mm, I love that. That just that makes it even more interesting. I can't wait to see it now for sure. Now, as far as your character, did you have to kind of go above and beyond like one of those um, one of those crazy women that go out there and, you know, they call up and they're like... <gasps> You know, trying to wait for the <laughs> to say something. They got those big eyes and stuff like that. And did you have to play like that, or was it more like a like a more calm, uh, rational, but yet still stalker type person? No, she wasn't very rational. Um, you know, I did kind of go a little crazy, and you'll see. You know, there are some moments. Nothing like breathing loudly into the phone or scary stalking, but you'll definitely see that, you know, I felt a lot for this guy Mm -hmm. only sleeping with him one time. And, um, you know, you find out later in the film that Amy figures out that she's a love addict. Mm. So there's like a, there's love and fantasy addicts that fall under the sex addict, um, group and it's about people who are just like obsessed with the fantasy of being in love so you see how her behavior kind of falls into that but it sounds like your character could also be somebody that is you know the people that are watching could feel compassion for you know because it's like they know what it feels like you know to have somebody that you just you know care about so much even if it is just one time you know that they they they're like man I, I I they have sympathy for at the same time, right? And you know I'm not sure about everyone else, and I don't think I've ever gone um, this obsessive about a person, but I've definitely felt somewhat this way towards people. I mean, silly example: when I was a kid, I was like completely in love with this singer from the band Rooney who was who were big in like 2004 Mm -hmm. and me and my friend were both like obsessed with the lead singer where we kind of had like an ironic shrine to them in my bedroom so ironic but not really so you could see that you know a lot of teenage girls you know probably could understand that you know, having that obsession maybe with, like, a celebrity or something like that. But if that happened when you're older and in real life. Naomi doesn't have really a shrine to him or anything like that. But um, (laughs) (laughs) I can see where, you know, some people might relate. But I think most people just think she's a little overboard. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, my, my friend, I mean, if, if he had a bromance with anybody, it was Dan Marino, and he's got a Dan Marino shrine in his garage. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and it, I'll tell you what, it is a beautiful shrine. I mean, this thing is, like, well done. <laughs> oh, wow. Even has isotoners. 
So. Oh, nice. Well, yeah. Did you ever hear about that one? I forget which college it was, but they kids had found like a hole to get into like a the wall of a bathroom, and they had made a shrine of Danny DeVito on it, and it became like a huge thing on Reddit. Yes. And like all of this, you heard about that? Yes, I have heard about that. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, people do that sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, we got about, actually, we're running over time, but I'm having so much fun, I have completely lost track of it. Um, let me get one more question about your character, and then we'll, we'll kind of tell everybody where they can see it. What did you love the most about your character, and what were some of the things you, you didn't like as much about your character? Um... You know, I, I don't really think so much as in things I like and don't like about my character so much as when I'm acting. A character is, always has a part. All of the things that are inside of you are inside of your character. And it's just different parts of your personality that are turned up and turned down. So Amy is all me, just. All of the, you know, neurotic, crazy, out-of-the-box things that I am just got turned up all the way. And the other things, like being rational, got turned down. So it's hard for me to hate or, you know, really love a part of that character. But I did really love playing her because, man, it is so fun to play someone who is unhinged. Let me tell you, especially when you get to, yeah, especially when you get to improvise, because in improvising with characters, you should have a set of rules. Most, most characters do have a set of rules, but with Amy, with her being in this state, being obsessed with Luke, she like no longer had any rules. And as an improviser, that was so fun because I wasn't in any sort of a box. I had to stay in, so it really allowed me just to, like, go all out. So that was probably the most fun thing about playing Amy and also just being able to do a fun movie with my friends. Yeah, that makes it definitely special for sure. So where can people see the movie? I know that that's going to be one of the things that, that everybody's going to want to hear when, the, when uh, you know, on this interview. And also, how can they follow you? How can they see what you got going on? Because I'm sure you got new things coming up that, you know, that your fans would love to see you in. And uh, is it social media, website, yeah. IMDb? Spill it. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty easy to find. My name is Kat, C-A-T, and my last name's Alter, as in to change, A-L-T-E-R. So you can Google me. I'm all over it. I'm at catalter.com, Instagram. My name's just Cat Alter. So it's very simple. If you type in my name, you'll see me. And in terms of being addicted to you, um, you could actually, if you have Roku, I know I do, and I have the Fandango app. And you can see it right there on the Fandango app. It was kind of cool the other day. I was looking through it, and I was like, what? My face is right next to Brad Pitt's face. So um, you can see it on there. And if you have Amazon Prime, and even if you don't, you can rent it on Amazon Prime. And it's just called Addicted to You. I I saw when I was um, searching Amazon that there's actually two movies called Addicted to You. Mm -hmm. And ours is the one that was released in 2020. That's pretty easy to remember. So in case you're looking for it, on Amazon, it's the one that came out in 2020. I think the one that you're talking about came out with uh, some one of the guys from Friends, if I'm not mistaken. I think I've seen that movie. Oh, really? Before. Yes, I think. I'm not sure, but I think it is. If if I'm thinking of the right one, I may I may not be. It's late. <laughs> it's just, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I do I do know that there is too. So yeah, definitely people check that out. Make sure you get the right one. And uh, yeah, and if they do watch it, please you know rate and review it especially say how awesome i am even if you don't believe it say it. <laughs> that's important <laughs> that's important for sure well kat this has been so much fun we're running out of time i i, I completely lost track of time but that's okay because i had i had a lot of fun i hope that you did too 
And I hope that I'll be, I'll be able to not only see you in this, but a lot more stuff coming out in the future. So, you know, just keep shooting for the stars, and then we'll get you back on, on, the, on your next uh, project that you have. Great. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great talking to you. You're welcome. Okay, guys, I have to take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back after this. Don't go anywhere. Do you love horror? The strange and unusual fantasy creatures or urban legends? Do you want to step inside a dream or nightmare? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you should check out internationally exhibiting artist Jason Dowd and his award-winning photographic collections by visiting www.imaginationartstudios.com. Get inside his mind and experience his inner weird. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is John Schneider. I want you to listen to my new music and I want you to watch my new movies. How do you do that? Simple. Go to the App Store and get the John Schneider app. By the way, you're listening to the AME radio show. So am I. Hi, this is Crystal Hunt. I play Alicia Trisk on the new Pure Flix original series, Hilton Head Island. Log on to pureflix.com so you can stream Hilton Head Island and see me along with my mother, played by Don Mills, and my brother, played by Antonio Sabato Jr. Hope you tune in. Hey guys, it's Julie Mae Silverstein from Lydia on Funk, and you're listening to the AME Radio Show. All right, guys. So we got about eight minutes left. I'm going to finish it off by talking about sports and other things that's going on in our communities. And um, I think it's going to be fun to, to discuss. Now, one of the things that you probably heard, you probably saw it on television, depending on what time you were watching, but Kobe Bryant and his daughter had a memorial service at the Staples Center. And I'll tell you what, what a star-studded event that was. And it was really cool to see Michael Jordan again. You know, I haven't seen him in a really, really long time. And it was really interesting how he basically described his relationship with Kobe. It was like a little brother to him. And it's funny because he was always talking about how annoying Kobe Bryant was because he'd be like calling him up at two in the morning to ask him about stuff, you know, like how to get your jump shot better. But what he realized is that he always just looked up to him and he wanted to be like Michael Jordan. And there have been so many comparisons to Jordan throughout the years. Um, you got LeBron James. Uh, Kobe Bryant was definitely up there with that, and probably more so than, Lebr- than LeBron James. So it's amazing that he put his mind to being like the person he wanted to be the most, and the way that he accomplished that was to physically befriend one of his idols. And he mimicked him, and he tried really hard, and he eventually got to the status of what Michael Jordan was able to accomplish. So it just, it was really interesting to hear from Michael Jordan's point of view, because I didn't know this about them. And it just shows you that if you really want something in life, look at the people that have succeeded before you. Don't sit there and be jealous of them. Don't envy them. All you have to do is, if you want to reach that status, mimic them. See how they got there. See, you know, see the, the tricks of the trade and work towards it. Now, granted, it did not come as a flick of the wrist from a, uh, from a magic wand onto Kobe Bryant, and all of a sudden he was one of the best in, in basketball. It took a lot of dedication. It took a lot of practice. It took a lot of you know, time away from his family and sacrifices in his personal life to be able to get to that point. Nothing in life is easy. Let me tell you that. And he showed it, and now look at what he's been able to do and the, and the people that have come out, the stars that have come out to, 
to give memory of their beloved friend shows that. Okay, also in sports, you know, one of the things that I'm really kind of pissed off about, especially the media, is that a lot of the times they just kind of make up stuff as they go along. Sometimes it's just a way to get people to go to a uh, go to a headline, like clickbait is what you would call it. Sometimes it's just there to stir up something. You know, like you really think that they have an inside uh, look into different things, and most of the time it's garbage. And one of the things that I've been reading about right now, and it's gotten New England fans so upset, is Tom Brady and his current situation. We don't know what he's going to do yet. In fact, there's a little clause going on right now that basically says, you know what, um, this could benefit both both sides. It could benefit one side or another. So until that physically gets worked out, Tom Brady hasn't even talked to the Patriots. But people are freaking out because it's coming up to the March 14th deadline, which means he would then become a free agent and can talk to any potential team he wants. Now, I just saw something on Facebook come out that says during the combine, uh, Tom Brady's manager, or not manager, but his... Um, his uh, agent talked to the Colts, talked to the Raiders, and talked to um, the Chargers. Now, here's the thing. He's not allowed to do so. So if that's, if that's true, and that really did happen, then there is tampering by three different clubs. Pretty crazy, huh? I've also heard that Tom said that he hates the he hates the New England Patriots so much he can't stand being there, he can't stand Robert Kraft, he can't stand uh, Bill Belichick, and that he is definitely gone at the end of the season. Uh, as soon as the free agency signs, he'll be out. He'll be on the free agency for about one day. I highly doubt that. You know why? Because his entire legacy is sitting on the top rafter of the uh, Gillette Stadium for the New England Patriots. So what we have right now is a bunch of junk going around this, really firing up all the different fans from all the different states. Um, there, are, there are fans that are sitting there so anxious to finally get Tom Brady away from New England and have him play on their team. And then you have the, the Patriots fans who have been cheering for him for 20 years. And now they're wondering if they're going to have that same guy to say goodbye to and retire on the field or if he's going to be going to play against us with some other team. And it's this emotion that I don't like that comes from the media. You know, I don't know what Tom Brady's going to do, but for me, it just seems like it'd be a really stupid thing for him to go somewhere else. Because not only that, he's got probably about one year left. If he goes to another team, he's going to have to learn all their new plays, how they do things, how, how that place runs. And then by the time he gets a hold of it, it's going to be the end of the season. And then he's going to be going on to probably retirement. So what good is it going to do him to pack up and move? It, it really doesn't. It makes absolutely no sense at all. You cannot build a team around a, around a quarterback that may be around one year, possibly two. And I'm going to really push that at possibly two. So what can you do? He's going to be basically a bench warmer. And I don't think Tom Brady's going to go anywhere to be a bench warmer, although there will be a lot of teams that would love to have him on there just so that way they don't have to play against him in New England, even if they keep him sitting on the bench. Sometimes the grass isn't always greener on the other side. John Elway has said that, and a couple other players have said that. Even Brett Favre has said that to Brady, that it would be a stupid thing to do to leave at this particular point in time. But what I really don't understand is all these fans that have just absolutely hated on Tom Brady, called him a cheater his entire life, you know, because they didn't even listen to the logic of what happened and what was really given and done. They just made up their mind about him because he's Tom Brady. Now they are just drooling to have him. That, to me, is hypocritical. And I don't think he deserves to have that type. Uh, they don't deserve to, to cheer for Tom Brady at this point in time. So that's all we have for you today. We will be back again next week. We are on AMFM 247 every Friday night at 10 p.m. and every Saturday night at 5 p.m. on AMFM247.com. And there are 13 AMFM stations across the United States. You can find us on WKLAP every Friday at 11 a.m. and 7 p.m. on Saturday. You can also find us on Radio Love every, every Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can find us on iHeart, iTunes, uh, Spreaker, Spotify, and phoenixbroadcasting.com on demand. Now, if you missed any of these, which I know I went through them kind of fast, all you have to do is go to our website, www.theamemagazine.com forward slash radio. Go to the Find Us tab. You'll see it all there. So that's all I have for you. Uh, Come back next week and join us. Keep those creative juices flowing. That's the end. We're done. Calm down, people. Calm down. Okay? That's it.